<laughs> you remember those toys that would make that noise? Do you ever have one of those? Uh, can't say it's ringing any bells. Uh, there's like a tube and you tip it up one way and it goes and then you tip it up the other way and it goes Oh my god. Well, uh, yeah, look, first official it's almost the weekend merchandise. We gotta we gotta brand some of those toys. Oh yeah, yeah. If we can tip it up one way and it goes yeah, and then you tip it up the <laughs> other way and it goes almost the weekend. <laughs> that would be sick. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, I'm into that. Yeah, yeah. Welcome everyone to It's Almost the Weekend. I just almost forgot to do the actual intro because I got so excited about that that merch prospect. <laughs> um, how how you doing, Tarion? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. It's good to be here. Um, yeah, just uh, been having a real chill time. Um, you know, been chipping away at that Game Club game. Uh, Kentucky Route Zero. Oh, real excited. I, yeah, I started it the other day. Um, oh, oh, cool. I, yeah, I need to play some more today, actually. I feel like I'm a little bit behind. I don't know how yeah. long it is, but yeah, I feel behind. Um, I think it's, I think it's about seven or eight hours, so it's not okay. like a, a huge commitment. Um, but yeah, you know, without going into too many details before the, the ep we do, it's just so chill. It's yeah, right. an in- incredibly chill experience. Like it's, it's probably as close to reading a book as I've ever felt playing a video Ooh. game. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. So yeah, real, real good. Like play with one hand cup of tea vibes. If you follow uh, me. Yep. Yeah, okay. Evening vibes, you reckon? Oh, I mean, I do morning, evening, you know, it's very agreeable. Right. Okay, very good. Um, oh, I was going to say something. What was? Oh, I've been reading that book that you gave me, the short stories one. Oh, three moments of an explosion. Three How do you like it? Of an explosion. Yeah, I, I mean, it's um, it's been good. It's it's sort of like a nice uh, don't don't take this the wrong way, but it's a nice nap initiator. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like totally. I'll start reading and get a bit drowsy and be like, yeah, I'm a little doze here. Um, <laughs> yeah, great. So, yeah, I finished the first... No, there's a really small, like, two-page short story to start with. And then there's another one about the icebergs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I quite liked it. It was um, very... Uh, no, what's the word I'm searching for? Um, visual. Like, I could really, like, envision these big icebergs of all them. Totally. And I think a lot of the stories are like that. They actually are kind of soporific, like, yeah. because they're so imaginative. You're like, oh, I could imagine being there. And like, that kind of puts you in that dozy state. Soporific. What is the definition, my guy? Uh, that's like uh, things that uh, make you want to fall asleep. Oh, right. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Dom taught me that word years ago. And then it's actually in Elden Ring, like uh-huh. the... The status, the kind of, uh, I don't know, I, I don't remember what they call it, but like the pine resin, you know, the resin that you put on weapons, there's like yeah. a soporific resin that you can use to make enemies fall asleep. Yeah, I remember there was a sword in that game that would make enemies sleep, and I was yeah. like, this is such a weird status effect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know if I ever actually used it. Yeah, I think I used it a small handful of times. It worked on some enemies, but not all of them, obviously. Yeah. Oh, like, dude. I'm just sleep Michaela or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I would honestly love that. That'd be a very cathartic experience. Mm. Um, but I was thinking, you know how you really want to get back into Elden Ring, but you kind of mm. don't at the same yes. time? I've got the answer. So yes. in several years when we both own PCs and we're both in the same room, there's been a mod released and it's a co-op mod for the PC version of Elden Ring. Uh-huh. And, it, and it makes it so that 
it's just basically like a true co-op experience. So, oh. like, I enter your world and I can level up. We share all the runes. When we beat a boss, I don't disappear. Like, it makes it like it should be, you know? Right, um, right. And I reckon, I reckon that's the ticket. That sounds dope. Yeah, that would be sick. And then we can, I can have an easier time because there'll be a friend there. It won't be so I'd, crazy. Yeah, so, yeah, so so much more fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I've been chipping away at Kentucky Route Zero, enjoying my time. Um, but I wanted something, you know, like I usually like to have two games going at once, right? Mm. Um, and because Kentucky is so chill, I wanted I wanted something like a bit more action oriented oriented. So I booted up. I booted up that Need for Speed Unbound. Oh, baby. Tell me about it. Tell me your thoughts. Um, okay. So, <laughs> you know, I'm not I'm not really swayed by hype that often. You know, mm. if you send me, like, a, a picture of a game getting 10 out of 10s, that does nothing for me. I, mm. I, I, I don't really care. But when my big boy Broseph <laughs> says... It's my number one game of the year. It's my number one game of the year. That has an effect. That definitely right. has an effect. So, okay. I was like... You know, I was pretty excited, and there probably were a couple of expectations. Oh, um, no. okay. But, uh, yeah, I don't quite know how to get into this. I guess we'll start with the positive, right? Okay. The art, <laughs> the art style is fucking awesome. Like, mm. I remember you saying that people were complaining about, like, the end to the Spider-Verse style or whatever, and it's just so cool. Like, Yeah, I don't know if people were actually complaining, but I, I could see it as something that people would not enjoy. That mm. sort of, like, you know, crayon drawing over the top of the game can be a bit uh, on the nose for some people. Yeah, sorry, that's right, that's what you yeah. said. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really think it's cool, and you know, like, car games are so samey, I think mm. it's really cool to see them kind of playing around with it. Um, Alright. Onto the bat. <laughs> so... I mean, for me, the driving feels really bad. Right. Um, so, like, I like that they give you options to change how the car handles. And you mentioned mm. this um, in, in your, like, little review or whatever, where, like, you can, um, you know, change how the air hits the car and you can change the drift and you can change, like, one other thing. But it's, like, really cool that it's just a menu, you know. You mm. don't have to, like, go to a garage, switch cars or whatever. Um, and man, I just tried like all the variations I possibly could and I just couldn't reach like a serviceable level of fun. Right. It felt, it felt like every time I was coming out of a corner or coming out of a drift, there would be like a magical hand that would realign the car. So it was straight. And right. I just, I just hated it. Like, and it's, you know, if you're playing a driving game and you hate every time you have to turn, like I was having yeah. a really bad time. Yeah. Um, and it just maybe, like, it, maybe you need to try Forza, dude. Cause maybe there's some amount of like, like I said, it's been ages since I played a racing game. So maybe mm. I'm just like, Hey, this is how it's supposed to be. And now it's, it's actually not. Oh, <laughs> um, I mean, and maybe nah, Forza dude. will be my game of this year. <laughs> it it sounds like you're having such a fun time. And I yeah. think that's fucking sick. And I don't want to take away from that, but yeah, for mm. me, it was just like, it wasn't arcadey. It was was just like frustrating like they weren't right. letting me drive the car right. um and so i was like all right i played for an hour and like did not enjoy my time but i was like i i want to give it another go i just mm. like you know maybe it improved once i got more cars but yeah i played for like an hour and 20 minutes and still only had one car and wait so um what car was it the one that you get right at the beginning the yeah yeah speedy, i was just the Lambo? It was Lambo. a Lambo? Yeah, you picked the Lambo. Right, right, right. Yep. 
Um, and yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to play more, but I just, yeah, I just felt like it was the same kind of 10 minutes on repeat with the same car. And like, I don't know, I remember Need for Speed Underground having so much variety. Yeah. You know, they had like the drag races where you were forced to like, um, use a, use a stick shift. And then they had like the drift races where they would like cover the road in oil and you had to like do all the sick drifty bits. And (laughs) yeah, this was just like sprints and circuits over and over again with the same car. And I like, it didn't look like I was going to get another car anytime soon. And I just, yeah, I just, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Right. That's interesting. I, it's, uh, you're probably not far off from it, but they do Basically, you lose that car and they send you back down to the very bottom of the rung and you basically have to pick a, you know, like a Honda Civic or a Volkswagen or whatever, you know, like you get a a choice of like a whole bunch of bottom rung cars. You don't get the Lambo. And so maybe there's like some amount of, I don't know, like helping you with the the driving of that first car because it's the first experience that you get Mm. in the game. I don't know, like once you get that lower tier car, maybe you'll feel better about the steering and stuff but Mm. um yeah and there are other events that unlock as well it's just the start of the game where it's like here's how you race and so you know there's drifting and there's another one that's like a demolition derby which i actually come to quite enjoy after a while um and cool but yeah this I, i think there it is missing some modes um it would be cool to have like you know, like a drag race mode or more of like, it just more variation, but yeah, I'm, what's there for me is like enough for me to enjoy. So I'm like, I'm mm. stoked with it, but yeah, I can see how that first hour is like potentially pretty, pretty samey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just, I, I was just expecting it to change like after yeah. every race and nothing changed. And I did like 10 races and I was like, Oh God, like I really can't, yeah. I can't yeah, go yeah. on. So um, once you lose that car, it chucks you in with the lower tier car and then you start doing like the different events and stuff. And they mm. also give you like every now and then it'll be like you know, every day or second day <clears throat> your um, assistant will call you and they'll be like, oh no, my voice is, I'm losing my voice. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no. It's all um, good. It's all good. I'm just going to mute everything. Hold on one second. You might have to play some music here. Okay, I think I'm better. Oh, it doesn't sound much better to me. Okay, whatever. Um, your <laughs> right assistant will call you and they'll be like, hey, we got this client. They need you to go and pick up their, like, um, whatever it is, fancy car. And you have mm-hmm. to drive it. <clears throat> and you have to either either get it to the, the um, goal in, like, set time. Or you have to, like, not damage it. In, oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Or you have to avoid the cops or some combination of those. So it'll be like, right. hey, you've got to not damage it. But you've got three star cops now. Have fun. Mm, um, right, cool so that's how they get you driving other cars if you can't like usually it's hard to buy a new car at the beginning of the game because they're quite expensive but right uh, yeah i i do think as well it, it takes a little bit too long to get to that experience and also they should just give you two or three cars to begin with because mm. there's this whole thing in this game that they don't explain which is like tiered racing or they don't explain very well it's like this is like a B tier race and this is an A tier race mm-hmm. and he's an A plus tier race. Mm. And like, if you've only got one car, that car can only be one tier at once. And so, you know, you'll go to an event and it'll be like, okay, there's, there's two B tier races here at this event and one A tier race, your car's an A tier. So you can't do these two B tiers. Oh, so, right. Yeah. Until you buy a new car and have it be B tier, you can't do those races. 
Right. So it's like, yeah, basically as soon as you buy a new car, the game kind of opens up a little bit and you can start messing with having two different rides and like, you know, pumping up one and kind of leaving the other one in B tier as much as you can so that you can do those races. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so, yeah I'm, I'm glad I gave it a go, but it, it mm. ended up being not for me. And I just, yeah. I just wonder like, because I'd played Forza so recently, if that was just kind of coloring my experience as well. Cause like in, in the first 10 minutes of Forza, you've done four different races with four different cars. Oh, hell and yeah. like every time you, in the beginning, every time you do a new style of race, you get to choose a car to keep that kind of yeah. matches that style. And yeah, cars, there's just hundreds of cars and they're really cheap. So it feels like, yeah, yeah, it just feels like there's a lot of like progression all the time where, yeah. where this one I felt like, uh, yeah, we, I don't know. It was a bit strange. Cause like, like I say, I played for an hour and a half and it was just like, <laughs> I, it was just like 10 minutes on repeat for an hour and a half. And I was like, God, this is, this is not fun at all. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. just funny that I had like the That's opposite so experience. Yeah. 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 Where I was like having fun from the moment that I, I'm, I'm yeah. still having fun. Like I played that last night. I like, uh, got through the first major hurdle that you have to get through, came first in all the races. So I was very proud of myself. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <that's, laughs> Sick. Um, I do think it needs that thing from Forza, the, the rewind thing. Cause like, Oh my God. Yeah. Dude, there's so much randomness in these races. It's almost like Mario Kart level randomness. You'll be like <laughs> driving along, get to the final lap. You come in first. Everything looks all clear. And then like the cops will appear out of nowhere and they're like fishtail in front of you. So you can't get around them. And then you smash yeah. into them and then you come on dead last. I'm like, Bro, <laughs> if I could just rewind and like drive around that cop car or smash through it or whatever, I don't know, just like not crash into it the way that I did. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, the rewind feature would be really pleasant because sometimes the races are like marathons. And if you get mm. to the last, you know, 10 seconds of a race and you have some dumb thing happen. Yeah. Totally. That, that can be annoying totally yeah yeah and it's like i say i think it just colored my experience like if i hadn't told you about that feature and i hadn't played forza maybe i'd yeah. just have a like totally different impression but yeah i just feel like there's so much more quality of life in the forza stuff yeah i mean that makes me keen to try forza now like i'm excited to give it a whirl yeah and yeah. Do you reckon forza 4 not forza 5 or forza 5 i can't remember um, what you said I've played three was fantastic. I played mm. four and the driving is just the best I've ever experienced, but it did have like a lot of menus and stuff that I found annoying, but maybe, you know, I was on the Xbox one and like loading was annoying and the menus were stuttering. So maybe on a, on a PC, it'd be okay. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, some, something I found even, even a bit grating in the need for speed one was that they were trying to have characters you know, oh, like the, right. the the Forza people are annoying, but they're not characters. You know, right, they're just right. vessels for telling you about <laughs> races. Whereas, yeah, like, yeah. in Need for Speed, oh, my God, where there was this one conversation where, like, someone was upset and there's, like, nothing more off-putting than a character you don't like throwing a tantrum. I was just <laughs> like, who is this for? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's funny i found those things like very uh unoffensive <laughs> maybe i'm just like uh, i'm out of touch it is the children who are the problem uh, um, and anyway cool. anyway yeah. what have you been up to dude what have you been playing <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i mean been playing grounded with you which has been pretty sick oh uh, still yeah, totally. smashing through that yeah up to the haze lab feeling pretty good about it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um 
been doing a little bit of Need for Speed. Um, worst game ever, apparently. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. But this is this yeah. is a great demonstration of why. You know, if we talk about a game and we shit all over it, but it sounds interesting to you, you should give it a go. Because, like, you just don't know, based on your past experiences, the last game you played, how you're feeling on the day, like, it could just end up being really good and you might really love it. And I think this is, you know, it's just cool to, to, like, have a forum like this where we can talk about, like, what we like and what we didn't like about a game and like you know it's it's weird finding out how different those takes can be sometimes yeah. like with death store and need for speed like i i never would have expected to not like need for speed after what you said in all honesty yeah 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 and i mean there's a it's almost like a polar opposite experience with this dude i follow on twitter who's like he's a massive callisto protocol fan and he right. hated he hated need for speed um unbound as well and i was like right. bro these games like how how did you get this so backwards? And then yeah. <laughs> so even even Callisto Protocol might be some people's uh, cup of tea. You never. Oh know. my god! You never know. <clears throat> um, I have some chicken here. If you would like to consume it, <laughs> yeah, please. Uh, yeah, yeah. Feed uh, me. I'm, I'm just gonna have a quick coughing fit outside of the bucket of chicken, or directly into it. Whatever you prefer. Just one sec. All right. I think I'm okay. Um, so, first piece of news. This will interest you one day when you have a PC. Um, Dark Souls 3 is getting a mod called Arkstones. Um, and it's set in a prequel Dark Souls 3 world. So before the events of Dark Souls 3. Whoa, what the fuck? Yeah, they've like fully rejigged a whole heap of environments using a bunch of assets from other FromSoft games. So there's stuff there from Sekiro... There's stuff there from Bloodborne, but they've managed to somehow cohese it into the Dark Souls 3 setting. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, enemies are kind of rejigged. You'll see like a familiar looking enemy, but the animation set will be using a completely different, you know, it'll be using like some animation set from Sekiro and like the right. spells will be all different. Oh um, man, that's so cool. Yeah, I, I gotta say like that that kind of allure to the world of pc mm. like the FromSoft modding scene is a is a big draw mm. there's there's some mods that i'm just super keen on that kind of like really enhance the experience if you've just done them to death yeah um, like there's this one for dark souls where every time you hit an enemy the weapon in your hand changes Oh wow! And I just, I just love the absolute chaos that that would bring, and like you know how your knowledge of all the weapons and their move sets and like the speed of your swing kind of adds into the challenge. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah, I, my friend Matt, um, he is really into Dark Souls Three, and he plays it like every year, and he hmm. plays this modded version of the game, which like adds a bunch of new weapons and a bunch of new like uh, damage types. So there's right. like all these like dark curse weapons now or some shit, or there's like, you know, vine weapons. It's crazy. There's a bunch oh. of stuff that he plays with. That's just like makes the game. And like, it's the, core, the same, same core game. Um, but it's just those, all these new weapons. Oh, that's <clears> awesome. <throat> um, and my voice is really going wild with this. So <laughs> hopefully we can a, make it through. <clears throat> do you need no, to stop for right. a lemon and tea break or anything like that? Uh, I think I'm okay. I think no, I'm okay. I'll let oh, you know. Yeah. 
you're just you're just getting even deeper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just gets deeper as we go. Um, <clears throat> Hogwarts Legacy is coming out on Feb 10, and so expect a whole bunch of uh, conversation around separating the art from the artist, and you know all of the stuff that comes with. Um, uh, what's her name? The turf lady. God damn it. JK Rowling. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So there's going to be a bunch of that. So just, you know, if you're on the internet in February, just maybe don't be on the internet in February. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I actually, um, scorn came in onto my radar again recently and I was like, Ooh, this something, uh, James Stephanie Sterling said made me want to play it. They were like, Oh fuck. What did they say? They would like, they were like, I'd rather, have my girl dick chewed off by J.K. Rowling's dogs than play this game again. <laughs> play Scorn again? Yeah. Oh, God. And I, I mean, was like... I, I think Scorn, like, the the, lo- the further I would get away from Scorn, the more I think it was actually not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be a word for that, you know, like the distance principle or something. Like. Yeah, time time heals all wounds, Joe. Yeah, yeah. I'm not thinking about playing it again, but I'm just not as angry at it as I once was. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that was so seething that I was like, "Oh my god, I want, I want to see the game that that gave them that reaction." Yeah, it's worth playing. <clears throat> I think just experience the first bit and be like, "Hell yeah, Geiger, we love it," and then put it down. You right. don't need to get through all the dumb puzzles and get to the end and see the fellatio. It's fine. Um, <laughs> And then I've got here the best uh, 50 video games from Polygon. I'm not going to read all 50, but I just wanted to get like down to the top 10 and just have a quick smash through them and see what you think. Let's let's see how wrong they are. Were they <clears throat> were they able to or did they kind of put down their prerequisites like this is oh. how we're valuing these games? They may have. I didn't read that. Uh, okay. let's see. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Caveats parentheticals. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, no, no biggie if it's not there, but it's just one of those things where, like, you know, number one is the original Super Mario Bros. And it's just like, dude, fucking Doom 2016 is more fun than that now. You mm. know, like it made a big splash when it first came out. But yeah. let's be real. No one's, no one's picking that over Doom at the moment. I can read through it. There's just one paragraph. I'll just smash through it. So it says, how the Polygon Top 50 list works. Over the past month, the Polygon staff voted, debated, and resigned itself to a series of compromises that is our Top 50 games of 2022. Any video games that are released in 2022, updated in 2022, or achieved renewal, uh, sorry, renewed culture relevance in 2022 are eligible for this list. That's crazy. Also, we treated November 30th as the cutoff for consideration, meaning that Warhammer 40, 40, uh, 40K Dark Tide was eligible and is indeed present in the list, but Marvel's Midnight Suns, which was very much enjoyed, and Dwarf Fortress Steam version, which makes one of the most important video games more approachable, were not, because they came out later. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> oh my god. They will be eligible for inclusion in our end-of-year rankings for 2023. Oh, so this is, this is the best 50 of all time. Uh, yeah, as a, well, for them, <clears throat> that became culturally relevant in 2023, 2022. Right, right, I see. Also, right, the way you were reading that, I was expecting, like, I brought to you by the Australian mm. government Canberra right at the end, like, you, yeah, were, you, were, yeah. you were on a... I was reading a the T's and C's. <laughs> um, okay, let me just find the top ten here. And blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> Good lord. Number ten, God of War Ragnarok. Oh my fucking god! Yeah. yeah, feel the recency bias, y'all. I know. <laughs> Number nine, Power Wash Simulator. <laughs> oh, this is gold. I think this is like the top 
50 most meme-worthy games. I just had to unmute myself from coughing. Meme-worthy games? Meme-worthy. I'm, I'm saying meme-worthy. Meme-worthy. Firewatch Simulator is actually quite a chill time. Um, if you want to just, like, relax and put a podcast on and spray down a big train with uh with a power wash hose to get all that grimy grime off it's, yeah uh, no i'm i'm actually um i'm giving it shit but i'm actually attracted to that idea yeah. like i haven't played it but it does seem like a really chill time it's lovely the sound of the water on the surface of the dirty bike uh the soap that you can put on there the little bubbles all sorts of <laughs> stuff it's very um soothing um number very eight cool. uh pokemon legends arceus this is the worst list. <laughs> this is the worst list. Like, we're talking oh, about man. the eighth best game of all time. I don't know if they're... Yeah, I'm not sure. Whatever, man. Um, <laughs> they seem to be like... Yeah, it's it's everything, but only things that were culturally relevant in 2022. So, like, I guess this was relevant to them in 2022, and also it's on the list. Um, this See, this, yeah. is why, this is why the it's almost the weekend lists are superior. Yes, I agree. <laughs> this is when you try to make a list that isn't just one individual's favorite things, it's just totally cooked. Yeah. Um I don't know, they wrote a bunch of stuff here. Anna Diaz is wrong. Um Marvel Snap number seven. Which is a mobile game. I've I've just I think you need to spit through these because these games are just blowing my mind. Like these games shouldn't be on any list. <laughs> number six, Pentiment. Okay. Uh, number five, Fortnite. I mean, number... you know, that, that probably deserves to be somewhere on a list. Like it's pretty yeah. essential. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Uh, number four, Vampire Survivors. Pretty good. Number three, and I have never heard of this game or seen it anywhere. Number three, The Case of the Golden Idol. Oh. Um, yeah, it looks sort of like a... 2D pixel art. I don't know. It says it's easy to co compare the case of the Golden Idol with Return of the Obra Din. So it's probably like a mystery solving game. Oh, um, cool. Number two, Citizen Sleeper, which is on my list and installed and ready to go. I'm just waiting for a moment to sink my gamer teeth into it. Yes. Yeah, uh, and number one, you could probably predict is Elden Ring. Wow. That, I mean, that <clears> may as well just be like top 10 games that one of our journalists most recently played yeah <laughs> you know yeah. i feel like that list is useless hmm. so that's the polygon list i'm i'm sorry i offended you with this with <laughs> yeah look i was taking that way more personally than i needed to <laughs> but i was just trying to understand like what the fuck that list was about like even yeah. though you read the thing i still have no idea like how those games were ranked or like what uh, yeah very very strange stuff from polygon yeah and then i've got a final piece of news here which look it probably could have been the third piece of news and we could have just occluded that list um, <laughs> but signalis is coming to all platforms uh, is is at all platforms i should say so you should be able to download signalis on your nintendo switch uh, today. oh cool yeah oh, awesome um which was in my top five, Fantastic Survival Horror. Um, yeah, Ash recommends it. <laughs> so there yeah. you go. Yeah, um, very, very keen on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So go snatch up Signalis. There's also a physical copy coming uh, in February, I think. 
cool for you five percenters out there. Yeah, you five percenters. Uh, <laughs> it almost seems not worth it, you know, for those people who make games and sell games. Like the amount of cost incurred by, you know, designing the box, oh, figuring yeah. out the materials, figuring like, out where you're going to send it, all that distribution. Printing the discs, using the plastic, like, yeah. yeah. No, it's a, it's a waste of time. We should we should be all digital, babe. Yeah, all, all digital. But also, give me a box. I want to put something on my shelf. <laughs> I'm the problem. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, collecting is, like, totally a valid thing. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it is, it is interesting, like, uh, moving... Because I used to be, like, super keen on special editions and collecting, but moving away from that, I just, like, love the idea of these beautiful works of art taking up no physical space like that's yeah. just very attractive to me yeah yeah uh i mean my brain is like trying to figure out some way to like make the process renewable and like sustainable and it's just like pretty rough yeah anyway, yeah uh, so you have a topic for us today darian i got a topic so man i i just feel like i'm doing the um the kind of typical thing where i played out of wilds and now i got to do the, all these topics related to out of wilds <laughs> but but basically it got me thinking about video games that don't make use of combat and are better for it right. so like yeah um i I originally planned to launch into a big spiel about it being a better time than ever to indulge in a combatless experience, mm. but they've actually been around for quite a while. Uh, you know, in the beginning, the industry was obsessed with trying to like capture sports in a video game. Yeah. And, and that's cool. I love that you'll love a good sports game. I love that you'll love Need for Speed Unbound. Um, but I want to talk about games that very well could have gone the combat route and decided to go in a different direction. Um, so if we throw back, think Sega's 1969 gunfight, but with no combat. Um, so yeah, let me think. So my thesis statement for this bad boy is that combat shouldn't be a given in the development of any game. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, at the end of some preamble, I'd love to talk through a couple of games that could have done without combat, and maybe what we'd like to see in place of combat. Um, and also, just to give Joe more of an opportunity to talk about Callisto and Scorn. Um, <laughs> okay. Anyway, so, we, we've mentioned some killer titles in previous episodes that don't have any combat, so, like, off the top of my head, we've talked about Journey, Animal Crossing, Gone Home, Disco Elysium... Um, none of these games feature combat. They might, I mean, in the case of Disco Elysium, like there might be a smattering of action sequences, mm. but they're, they're usually placed in a specific part of the game to like embolden the story or keep the pacing on point. Mm. Um, you know, like it, it, in what could be called a combat scenario in Disco Elysium, you, you roll the die just the same way you do when you're like trying to seduce someone. Right. Um, yep. so like, it doesn't feel like it's specifically kind of a combat thing. Um, and I guess there's also a version of combat that involves combat, but it's more like passive combat. God, I'm saying combat a lot. Anyway. That's right. I'm uh, say it a hundred more times. It's fine. <laughs> stuff like, uh, tower defense where you place a turret mm. and it kills your adversaries for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess Factorio falls into this category. 
Somewhat. You have both. Right, so you you can have a little gun. On you your have a gun, can, yeah. Oh, we can okay. like, yeah, mount a gun on your uh, car or whatever that you don't have to shoot, but it's there, you know. Like, yeah. Right. There's, okay. There's also turrets that auto fire, so it's a bit of both. Yeah. Okay. Oh well, maybe Factorio falls into the the combat side of things, but mm. yeah, for, for in regard to those tower defense like games, um, you're not directly involved. And so, to keep things simple, I just want to focus on true pacifism and leave out the pseudo-combat um, of, of tower defense and, and similar things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, man, combat is a pretty big topic, right? It's so, huge, like, yeah. um, there are a couple of things I was thinking of, like, um, yeah, just so many thought ribbons to grab onto. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, what makes combat fun or enjoyable? Uh, what makes combat-related progression compelling? Uh, when does too much or too little challenge negatively impact combat? Right. There's, um, there's just so much shit. So let's let's drill in on a more kind of black and white discussion around no combat versus any combat at all. Okay. Yep. So, so man, combat can really drag down my enjoyment of a game. Mm. Um, a recent example for me is Control. Right, Remedy as a studio, have had a pretty poor relationship with implementing combat, in my opinion. From, like, Alan Wake to Quantum Break, their combat has felt pretty lacklustre. For me, like, putting it bluntly, it doesn't add anything except for a longer playtime. Right, right. Um, And, like, in the case of the control where... uh, In Control, sorry, where, like, the world building was at the forefront... You know, having the combat in that game did very little to add to the atmosphere or, like, add to the the arc of the characters, maybe the challenges that they were experiencing. Um, Yeah, it just felt like the combat was in the way of, like, getting to the rest of the story. Right, yeah. So, yeah, like, overall for me, it was pretty dull, pretty repetitive. But towards the end of that game, they had this section where you filed paperwork um, I don't know. If, I don't know if you remember it, but it's I do, like yeah. yeah, yeah. So it it was one of my favorite parts of that game, and <laughs> and like it was interdimensional paperwork, so it was like pretty riveting. Um, but like that kind of gameplay type where they stripped you of your weapons and they took away all the enemies and they placed you in this like office situation, it just felt to me like that far outclassed any of the combat on display up until that point. Right. Um, and I think I'd, well, I'd like to think that I'm not alone when I'm playing a game and I'm thinking like, man, can't we have more of this? Can't we have more of no combat in games? Um, and yeah, part of me wonders like why I found it so appealing. Like, was it appealing by contrast? You know, mm. like if it was the first thing you did would have like, w- would I get the same amount of enjoyment? Or was it because I found the combat so kind of dull and repetitive that when they threw, like, a curveball, I was just like, oh, yeah, this is different. This is exciting. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what, you know, what that looks like. Um, but, yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to like, deep dive and, and talk about, you know, the games we've played where you felt the experience would be actually benefit from much less or no combat um so i got a i got a couple of uh things to to uh, kick things off um Mm. one of them is soma 
Oh, yeah. Um, yep. so, so, I mean, calling it combat might be a bit of a stretch. But with Soma, the developers actually added a mode where the monsters aren't lethal. And that, like, opened up that game for a lot of people that otherwise weren't interested. Because it's got, like, it's got a bit of a the spooky scary going on. But, like, the narrative in that game is one of the best in video games. And so, by kind of getting player feedback and understanding that not everyone was down to kind of have that feeling of fear and running around mm. escaping mm-hmm. fatal threats and all that kind of thing. They they implemented, like, non-lethal monsters. So, like, you know, the sound effects were all there and, like, you could maybe shape your experience by being like, all right, I know they can't kill me, but I still want to avoid them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, just, just something that I kind of really liked about the way that game was updated after the fact where they were like you know we want more people to play this game so we're going to remove you know the combat aspect to it um another one for me is the first witcher the i I think i've talked about it before the combat added absolutely nothing to that Mm. game and and it like control it got in the way like so many good characters such a good story so many good plot lines and you know the the climax in each kind of act throughout that game relied on combat like you mm. had to you had to fight a big monster or like get betrayed by someone and fight off all these thieves before you could get like the story coming around and giving you those good brain chemicals yeah um, and, and yeah i'm not sure like it's, it's weird, right? Because, like, I'm thinking about what you can do to remove combat but still have some meat in your game. Um, yeah. as, as much as you and I and Ash are like, games can be shorter, just take out the combat. Like, you don't even need to add anything else in. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, I think games tend to add puzzles in in place of combat. Right. Um, so, like... Again, I haven't played Scorn, but I'd be interested to to hear you talk about, like, I remember you saying the combat fucking stinks and yeah. you can't get around enemies in these tight hallways and the reload takes forever and it just ended up being, like, a frustrating experience. Mm. But, but, like, let's say that game is only puzzles. Like, what what else can you put in a game that kind of pads it out that isn't combat or puzzles? Yeah, I mean, I dude, I've just filled my sheet of paper with notes right then as you were talking. It's, <laughs> it's wild. It looks like the ramblings of a madman. <laughs> Hell yeah, I'm here for it. Um, so I guess I want to loop back around to Scorn, um, but first yeah. of all, I wanted to go and sort of respond to the combat being the central part of which a lot of games seem to hang their boots on. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, totally. Yep. I think it's kind of like the part of the problem with it is that it seems to have become like triple A experience, you know, like you have mm. a bit of story and then you have, here's the combat and then you have maybe a little puzzle and then a little bit of exposition, maybe a little bit of walking around and then you're back into combat again. Mm-hmm. And to me that this is everything that was wrong with God of War Ragnarok. Right. Like everything that was wrong with it, because it's like, you have this opportunity to like, you've already remixed the series once. Let's make it so that we can talk to these creatures. You know, like <laughs> we've done all this stuff with like killing the Draugas. We know Kratos can kill the Draugas, right? Okay. cool. <laughs> and then you do it yeah, all over yeah. again. But the, right. the loop is like, 
you're getting through, it, and it depends a little bit on your perspective. You're either getting through combat to experience the story, or mm. you're getting through the story to experience the combat. Mm. And the puzzles are kind of just thrown in there. I thought the puzzles were so dull and like non-consequential, you know, like why would the dwarves build this elaborate structure that involves freezing a, a you know, a, um, a torrent of water on a pipe somewhere so that the doors would unlock. Like <laughs> the, 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 orcs, the dwarves don't have like frozen ax technology or do they? I don't know. Maybe they all have <laughs> the equivalent of my ax, you know, like and it just right. becomes like this weird experience of like, Oh, why is this here? Like, you know like it seems to butt up against the story in a really unpleasant way and then the combat just gets peppered in and it's like okay great and then the, the good thing in that game is the boss battles right we talked about this so much like this huge spectacle like set piece craziness that has relevance to the story and has relevance to the, like the combat system and some of them involve little puzzles you know like they're, they're almost like entire levels onto themselves they're really cool yeah yeah and so yeah there's this triple a experience that i'm getting at is like yeah that the flow of the game seems to just be entirely predictable these days. And it's, I think it's partially due to the compulsion to need to have a good combat system and to have combat in your game. Yeah, definitely. And I think, I mean, this is kind of outside of the scope of what we're talking about, but like, I almost feel like that desire for AAA developers to kind of squeeze combat into their games is kind of 10 years old at this point. Mm. And now it's a standard combat is everywhere, but what they're squeezing in now is like all these unnecessary RPG elements to like yeah. hold up the combat and kind yeah. of give it some more reason. So like, you know, initially, like you say, if you, you might be playing through the combat to get to the story but now they're adding even more things that kind of add meat to the combat bone and it's just like it ends up coming across as like this diluted experience because it's mm. like oh man they're telling a story that takes two hours to tell but the game is 40 hours long like yeah if i'm not here for the combat then it's probably not something that's going to keep me yeah yeah yeah, and it's just like, you know, what are you trying to say here with this game? Like, why is there so many moving parts for effectively, like, a story about, uh, you know, a, a son growing apart from his father as he gets mm -hmm. older? Mm -hmm. You know, like, we don't need all of the level-up mechanics of the stuff that you put in here, all of the, you know, combat, not combat, but uh, the puzzles that you've scattered throughout the lands, you know, like, none of this stuff is relevant. Just tell mm. me the story. Um, yeah, well, kind of like thinking puzzle adjacent. Mm. And again, I, I want to try and keep relatively vague for Outer Wilds because that game is fucking legit when you go in blind. But there are some kind of puzzles. Like, I don't even know if you could call them puzzles. There are some like... Um, elements of that game that you can do from the very beginning but what stops you from being able to do them is you don't have the knowledge so Correct. it's it's not so much that you need to solve a puzzle and you're like rewarded with uh, a rune that allows you to like do this mechanic um it's more about like the exploration and yeah. It's one of the only games where that, where, where like it didn't rely on combat or puzzles as much as it relied on the 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 world itself or the worlds, mm. and like just your inquisitiveness to get out there and yeah. and find out what's going on. But like, there's very little of that game that requires you to kind of 
I don't know, you know, put this block over here and blah, 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 blah. Like it's more about familiarizing yourself with the timeline and what the worlds are doing and like where they're at at the solar system in different stages of the timeline. And like it was really interesting because it was like... I guess it is kind of a puzzle, but it doesn't feel like one. Like mm. you're you're solving it just by exploring, exploring. and paying attention. Yeah. Like it's it's just I don't know whether it is that kind of final form of a puzzle where like it actually is a puzzle, but it doesn't feel like it. Like it just feels like you're doing what you want to do and you happen to be solving a puzzle by doing that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so it sort of got me thinking about, like, the primary mode in which you engage with the game, you know? Like, mm-hmm. in the case of, um, like, Artful Escape, for example, right? Like, the primary mode in which you engage with the game in, in terms of, like, the battles, I guess, is, like, you're jamming with these creatures. Mm-hmm. It's not really, like, shooting at them. You're just doing a little memory puzzle, right? It's not even right. a puzzle. It's just a memory game. Mm-hmm. In the case of God of War, like the, the primary loop of the game is that you're looking around uh, for combat experiences that will enable you to progress the story, right? Like that's kind right. of the, as you get through it. In Scorn, it's like, oh my God. In Scorn, it's like <laughs> you're, in a big, you're in a big puzzle and it's very yucky and there just happens to be enemies scattered around, you know? And they're there to um, add to the tension of the world. That's kind of a goal of them. They, they fail at that goal, but that's their, that's their intended purpose. Right, right. And so, I mean, Scorn is maybe even a little less clear than something like God of War or Artful Escape, right? Because you're, you're kind of given goals in those games. I mean, I don't know about God of War, Ragnarok, mm. but I'm just assuming you've, you've got a goal. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, in, the fir- yeah. in the first one, you've got to get to the highest mountain or whatever. Yeah. Um, and in Artful Escape, you're just trying to find yourself. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, Scorn, I get the idea that you kind of just wake up in this yes. fucked up world and and that's yeah. kind of it you just wake up and it's like all right yeah. i guess i'm gonna look around like yeah there's no context for you it's just mm. like or it's or rather it's all context it's just like there's nothing for you to actually grip onto about like who you are right right so right, right it's just like oh here we are in geiger land again and, um, <laughs> uh yeah so like yeah, I, I think like I was thinking while you were talking before, like would Scorn be better without the combat? I think probably, but you would mm. need something else in place of the. I think anyway, you would probably need something else in place of combat to make the puzzles not just like, it just be a puzzle game. You know, it's like you're just wandering around the halls and nothing's happening. Like you could mm. probably do a little bit of the the horror element where like you never really get to see the scary thing, but it always feels like it's following you. Mm. Like you could do a bit of that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. There's actually one boss encounter in that game, which is not bad. Wow, um, there's there's bosses in Scorn? Yeah, there's like two bosses, I think. Uh, right. Yeah, so, and they're both the same. And so, um, <laughs> the, yeah, you could just do like a, a bit of a lead up to that boss encounter a little bit more interestingly and maybe have another big boss encounter that, you know, like enemies that just sort of trace you around the maps and you never really get to see them until you stumble upon the final part of the puzzle and then you need to engage with them right, right. and maybe I... in like doing the puzzle in a certain way it makes the boss battle harder or easier you know like that's kind of where maybe some of the, the juice could be but instead it's just like enemies scattered around seemingly randomly that slow your progression through the puzzle right so i mean it just sounds like scorn would maybe benefit from the soma treatment 
where like yeah. maybe maybe the enemies are there to add to the atmosphere or whatever, whatever but they can't actually kill you and and you know rewind your progress yeah yeah maybe that would be a sort of like a, a way to do it without completely redoing the whole game mm-hmm. um so so yeah and then also while you were talking before i was still thinking about um games that have both like we sort of touched on factorio at the start there's like settings when you start the factorio world where you can say no aliens on this planet please and you don't even have to worry about combat at all you just get to build a rocket right right um and undertale is like a game where you legit get to talk to these creatures um <laughs> i don't know if you ever played undertale have you played undertale i haven't no Ooh. it's it's like it's one of those things that's like right up there on my list you know undertale yeah. return of the Oberdin, like yeah. these huge kind of indie titans that I just, I know I'm probably going to love, but for whatever reason, I just haven't gotten to yet. Yeah. Yeah. Undertale is an interesting one. Um, it's sort of like plays a lot with the idea of what is, what is, what does it mean to actually be pacifist in a game? You right. know, like it's really like you have combat as like the suggested means of taking care of a lot of the combat uh, or the encounters, but there is this way where you can press talk and, give a compliment to the reindeer with little bells on its, on its right. you know, like you can figure it, you can give it a compliment or you can insult it or there's another one there. I can't remember what it is. Right. Oh, I just, it, yeah. I just remembered why I haven't played Undertale. It's because I really want to play Earthbound first. Um, oh yeah. Right. Which, okay. which is just like a beautiful, classic, weird JRPG. Yeah. Um, yeah, so very very keen on on Undertale, and yeah, I've I've heard like you you say about the pacifist stuff, where like it just gives you options in the realm of combat, which you know even JRPGs coming out today don't always do that. Um, yeah, and you know even even when you look at the the front runners like Persona Five, um, there's a cool kind of meta. A game around you know getting all the personas and getting the masks and that kind of thing but that's like you know that's not exactly a way to get around the combat like you have to weaken the enemy using combat first to be able to pull that off you don't just get to like you know enter a combat phase with the enemy and like i've seen in undertale you can choose to like you say give them a compliment and see where that yeah. leads you rather than you know hitting their weakness first and then getting to that stage yeah in yeah i don't know it, it's it's interesting like the, the way that they thread it in undertale because it, it is both you know like uh, i don't know i don't really know where to go with undertale i can't even really remember exactly all of the facets of undertale but i know that there is a way to play it pacifist right right um and like a pacifist ending and all that sort of stuff um yeah cool so yeah there's that and, and then i was thinking before about um like why are we in this situation with combat you know like what's the deal why does it like combat seems to be the central pillar in which a lot of these games seem to be built around mm. and i don't know whether that's like you know doom's fault or like <laughs> wolfenstein's fault or like you know what's the deal like why are we here or do you have any insight into that or thoughts on that I mean, when I was researching the topic, I did kind of go down the violence in video games rabbit hole, mm. and there's definitely an allure there, you know, and especially when you look at, like, all these hit IPs that just get a new entry every year, like Assassin's Creed, like, can you imagine if Assassin's Creed came out with no combat? Like, I I just can't imagine that audience would buy that game. Yeah. Um, 
because you know it's just part of like that AAA experience where like you want to feel like a sick assassin and you know the the standard for that is killing a bunch of dudes using controlly inputs like it's it's not going to be some empathetic story about a retired assassin telling past tales over a campfire you know that's not going to give that audience what they want and so yeah. i i think there is like definitely um, something around violence in video games and that being used as a lure, especially for young audiences. Mm. Like, I'm, I'm not going to deny, like, how fucking sick Mortal Kombat was when I was young. And even now, yeah. like, I enjoy playing it now. But, like, when I was, when I was, you know, a kid, the violence was the biggest draw. Like, it didn't matter how that game played at all. It was just about, like, you know, I played Tekken, I played Street Fighter, but in this game I can rip this dude's head off, you know? Like, yeah. that was something that I was attracted to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's cool that there is stuff like that. Like, it's, like, you know, the sort of medium where you can have the that broad appeal, the same how in movies, you know? There's, like, horror movies. If you want to go see a bunch of scary shit, you can go do that, but... Mm. If you want to go see a romance film that has no violence in it whatsoever, you can do that too. And so it's kind of the same with video games, I guess. But yeah, it's it does seem as though like shooting and like having a gun seems to be like pretty central to a lot of stuff. Totally. Um, and so yeah, and then it like just as a result, like the the minute that you give the character a gun, it's like okay, now all of the rest of the game needs to sort of pivot around these instances where the character or the player is fighting things. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I was thinking before, like, as you were just talking about Elden, wait, were you talking about Elden Ring? You're talking about something. Um, Assassin's Creed? Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Like imagine if in Assassin's Creed, um, it was more like Hitman. Like you needed to like explore and like collect plants and like cook meals for people, but you would like put poison in their meals to like assassinate <laughs> them. You'd yeah. go, and it would turn into like a dating game where you have to like, you know, woo the person in order to like get close enough to them to to poison their meal that'd be freaking sick so um, i mean like dude uh, hitman is that kind of in in its structure is that answer for mm. for like a shorter game where like it's about the density of each of those levels and how like you know, the first time you play a level, it maybe takes an hour and then you're familiar with the layout, you're familiar with where, like, the item locations are and you can go through and, like, have a really different experience. And, mm. yeah, a lot of the time, if you play those Hitman levels, um, I don't want to say right because, like, a lot of the fun I get from Hitman is, like, trying to execute a plan and the plan going wrong yeah. and to, like, get out of that, I've got to usually rely on combat um, but like the combat in Hitman is not kind of polished to a fine edge, you know, it's kind mm. of a bit clunky. And I like that the Hitman game world relies on you kind of wanting to do the weirder things like, you know, poison the fish or like, yeah. um, you know, in, in the case of Hitman 2, which I played last year, like that they... They, I think they realized that to some degree and like every level had like a million interesting options yeah. um, that weren't shooting or, or poisoning the, yeah. the target. It was like, you know, they were, they were going to drive their car at some point so you could like cut the brakes and then, yeah, you know, yeah. you know, do, do all, all those kinds of things. And I think like, I think that is a really attractive type of game design. Mm. um it's like yeah it's whereas 
us creed like have all these different systems that end up being a huge experience like you look at yakuza and hitman and it's like more about density and like the systems are there but really the kind of core experience isn't that long it's Mm. just about giving you options that aren't always about like kicking ass that kind of make those games good yeah yep yeah so i don't know i feel like we're a little bit stuck when it comes to like mainstream AAA games in terms of like an offering that is not like immediately having the audience ask the question but what's the combat like or Mm. so show me the combat like yeah you know like i think that's like a really potentially like hard to get out of situation where like i don't know how AAA accounts for all of that stuff and like you know you don't like i think that's kind of the what the reason why god of war is god of war is because it's like oh where's the dope combat up oh, there it is you know like that's, right that's where we're kind of at but yeah i, I think like yeah ha- having having the option to like turn off a bunch of stuff is really cool in the case of uh, soma mm-hmm. and having the option to do no harm like in undertale yeah um is is really cool and like having games that are entirely like entirely replace the combat with something else like in the experience in the instance of Arthur escape or um uh factorio where you can just like oh the combat is not there or oh the combat is not combat it's some other analog yeah and i i think i think the indies do a much better job at just exploring like different themes that don't rely on combat in a game Mm. um but like i'm struggling to think of a single triple a game that isn't a sports game that doesn't have combat like the the closest i can come up with is like the last of us part two because you in accessibility you can turn the combat off or turn the cutscenes off like they give you all those options to like watch that game as a movie or like only do the combat stuff and like yeah watching the last of us 2 as a movie is the closest thing triple a have come to (laughs) Mm. like in getting a game that has no combat and that just that sounds wrong you know that should be um but yeah i i I don't want to put you you on the spot but can you think of any triple a that does a a good job of kind of you know keeping away from combat or exploring something different no not really not nothing that comes to mind right now let me just have a little search around but even uh, when i think of like uh you know the the triple a games that are first party like sunset overdrive or infamous you know they're not like wielding guns isn't the first thing you think of when you think of those games but like those games are still built around getting around using powers and 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 killing fools yeah and I mean, look, I, I'm not saying as well that like this stuff is bad or that it shouldn't exist. No. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. I just, yeah, again, like I just wanted to explore like maybe combat shouldn't be a given in the development of any game. And it just like, as we just talked about, it just seems like it's a given in every AAA game. Mm, um, mm. And that's just like, yeah, I wonder, I wonder when that's going to change, if it's going to change. And if it does change... You know, are they just going to go to puzzles instead of combat or are they going to kind of find that sweet spot that Outer Wilds hits where it is, it is about the exploration and your own motivations as much as it is about like using or relying on mechanics like puzzles or combat to progress the story. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I feel like it's going to probably take a long time or like a big, you know, shift in one of the most popular games that like does something like that. Because yeah, it's just like currently the most like broadly appealing thing it seems is to have a gun in a game. And so mm. it's just like hard to get around the fact that you're going to have to shoot unless you turn Call of Duty into Power Simulator. It's like, <laughs> you know like you're cleaning the side of the tank you're clean washing yeah. all the all the blood out of the tires or whatever jesus christ but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, i don't really i don't really know where you can go from here like where do you where do you take it but, yeah I, I don't know i'm i'm struggling to think of any triple a games that don't rely on combat as their central thing if if you know any please write in and and let us know uh, yeah yeah, hit us up. The, I, I just thought of one. I mean, it's still got combat, but, like, the closest I can think of is, like, you know, the, the mainline 3D Mario games. They've they've oh, definitely yeah. got combat because they've got boss battles and that kind of thing. But, like, that's a AAA platformer. And, like, you know, the puzzles are in the world design more than the take this key and speak to the, you know, boiling cat in the cauldron or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's about, like, uh, you know, visual puzzle solving yeah um but that's you know there's not as much combat in in those 3d mario games as in a lot of triple a games yeah yeah i mean yeah 2022 was a bit of a weird year for for triple a games there was there was some not so good stuff like i don't know man. it's hard to it's hard to sort of nail it down to to like what's the kind of trend here and why mm. and all that sort of stuff but yeah it's definitely mm. like i i there's so much to chew on with like coming up with interesting designs for games that, uh, or like alternatives for games that could have just not done combat. And you're like, what's the alternative, you know? Mm, yeah. Uh, but then there, there's other games that like, you know, hyper demon who it's just like, okay, the entire focus of this game is, is shooting is combat. So you can't really like take that away. Otherwise you're left with nothing. Yeah, it's uh, it feels unfair to, and maybe I'm just biased, but it feels un unfair to target indies like that though, when they're mm. really just going for one concept and they're yeah. doing it well. You know, it's yeah. like if you take the combat out of Assassin's Creed, there's still like fucking sixty hours of game there. <laughs> you know, like it's not yeah. it's not like Hyperdemon where you take the shooting out of that and you've got zero hours of game. Yeah, yeah. Um. I mean, I think that's all I got for you, man. Do you have any other questions for me on, or like threads, thought threads to pull on? Mm, no, I guess the, the only thought thread that I was interested in that we haven't talked about is like mm. just Callisto because it's a recent release. It had a lot of intrigue because, you know, people be thirsting after Dead Space. Mm. Um, and it just sounded like the worst thing about Callisto was the combat you know, the way health was handled in that game, the, mm. the QTE events, um, the quick time event events and like, <laughs> yeah, it like, is, is that game salvageable by having a no combat mode or is it just like, is the combat at the forefront of everything around that game that you take the combat out and you've just got like a couple yeah. of bones? Yeah. Pretty much a couple of bones is right. Um, <laughs> not even a full skeleton. Yeah. I don't know, man. The way combat was implemented in Callisto Protocol is that sort of, you know, punch out, like go left, go right, hit back style thing with a bit of shooting in there mixed in. Yeah. Um, and so it feels hard to be like, okay, well, what if we just did shooting? Like you would need to rejig all of the guns in the game to account for that. 
And then you're like, oh, what if we just did Mike Tyson? Then it'd be like, oh, well, now all of the combat encounters in the game need to be rejigged as well because, like, you can't dodge more than one enemy at once because it becomes messy. Right, um, right. So, yeah, I, I would feel like I need, like, if I would have, like, if this were my problem to solve, mm -hmm. um, I would get rid of the Mike Tyson thing and I would add a bunch of interesting, like, prison-style weapons for you to improvise with and right. mix and match stuff with you know you'd have like a a shiv style shooting gun where you have to like find the shivs to shoot the guys and and that's mm -hmm. that, that would be one of them there would be no melee like the melee in that game is just so busted um and it's kind of the primary way that you in, like st get started with combat right um, yep. you also can throw enemies but it's so dumb because all of the spike walls and fans are in the combat arenas. So there's like, you know, when you're going to walk into a, a combat fight because, or a fight because the combat arena, suddenly there's like spike walls everywhere. Right. Um, yeah. That was, that was something that the first last of us suffered from a little bit. Yeah. The waist high wall thing. Same with Gears of War. You'd be like, oh, there's a combat. It's going to happen here because there's a bunch <laughs> of waist high walls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, you could probably, you could rip the combat all out of, Callisto and then just look through the pretty environments but it, you know at that point it's just like not it's not a survival game anymore it's you know it's like it's just mm. a it's just a walk em up yeah. slightly spooky walk em up <laughs> yeah yeah and I think there needs to be a lot more nuance if you're gonna pull it off and you know reach reach the the likes of something like gone home yeah yeah yeah, I don't know, man. It's it just seems like the, a lot of the stuff in Callisto was so half baked that they just mm. never, uh, never fully baked any of them. And yeah, when you when you kind of slop it all together, there's not there's not much there to like cling on cling on to. Uh, mm. Story is pretty weak. The character interactions are pretty weak. Combat's pretty weak. Exploration's pretty weak. The atmosphere's pretty weak. It's just it's just all kind of there. And none mm. of it seems like, I mean, it's, uh, the, the, the weird thing is it's weak, but it's also finished, you know, like they finished the combat. They've, they finished the environments, you know, it's, right. it's all done. So it's like, right. it's just like the polish, polishing the turd thing. It's just like <laughs> the game filled with turds that, that, oh God, that's really mean. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, just hard. It's, so, it's so hard to salvage any, any part of that and not still have an issue. It's right. just like someone in the early stages should have said, okay, but this isn't, this is not fun. Like we can't keep pushing this we need to re we need to rethink fundamentally what this game is and where the fun is yeah i mean just you know going way outside of combat that's something i feel is missed in a lot of games and like mm. i'm a, a particularly judgmental person i guess when it comes to video games because i'm like trying to work out you know is this something i want to spend my time on or not but like uh, uh, I had like a string of games at the end of last year. I'm playing some really great ones now, but like there was a string of games last year where like I'd play the first hour and I was like, man, did the devs play this? Like mm. this just seems so muddied and like I'm spending my time in menus and stuff. Like I just, yeah. And it's not like these games are particularly old either. Like these games mm. came out a couple of years ago and it's just like, man, I'd, I'd, love to know what the meat in this sandwich is but i don't want to have to bite through like four meters of crust to get there <laughs> yeah 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 that that's the other thing as well you know like games that seem to ask of you things you know mm. like we i talk about um animal crossing just asking of you so much <laughs> it's mm. for such little in return <laughs> yeah um yeah when when the ask of like 
like Last of Us one, for example, is like getting through a combat encounter to get to some juicy story. It's like okay. Mm. Same with God of War. Like I turned the difficulty down to the second lowest difficulty. There's like one that's like I think makes the combat encounters basically one shot kills for all the enemies. I did the mm. one above that, mm. um, and it was still quite hard. Like I still died a whole bunch. I'm just right. bad at games, I guess, but um yeah i don't know the ask was still like it was like right above being too much or just right below sorry being too much for me to like just drop it entirely mm, yeah. Um, yeah yeah well anyway. if uh if you've been listening and you'd like us to latch on to uh, another thought ribbon about combat or like puzzles or anything you can uh shoot us an email at it's almost the weekend pod at gmail.com uh so yeah if if that's all we got i hope you'll have a really lovely weekend and we'll see you when it's almost the weekend again hell yeah goodbye bye